What's up, badass babes of the Truly Squad? It's your girl, Sam, and we're back at it on yours truly. I am so fucking excited, and that is Bane just being a grumpy poo right now, <laughs> making a, a growl, but um, we are so pumped for this episode. Episode? Episode. <laughs> this is a place where we bring you the real talk. It hits you deep, right in the feels, and we don't hold back. So today, hold on to your seats because we're gonna dive deep with the one and only London Angel Winters. Now she is all about unlocking the secrets of intimacy, self-discovery, and everlasting love that really stands the test of time. So grab your favorite drink and get comfy and let's rock this ride. Um. Well, before, well, okay, so let's, let's start the story off with, I read so much information online, watched YouTube videos about your background and like all of this craziness, but I want to hear firsthand from you, how in the world did you embark on this journey of finding like everlasting love? By not having it painfully, <laughs> like ultra, ultra, ultra painfully not having it. I mean disaster zone in love you know like divorce um walking in and and seeing someone cheating on me you know like Ugh. i had that happen and and then i went for the safe guy and like i was the carrying him on my back kind of thing you know mm -hmm. um i i literally have like just such terrible experiences um and the irony was I could create anything I wanted in my career. I, I had the Midas touch, man. I was the queen of manifesting before anyone even knew what manifesting was. And now you it's know? all over. Manifesting now it's all everywhere. Over. Yeah, you know, I'm 52 years old. So, you know, like I've been into this stuff for so long, you know, and I couldn't manifest love. I really, truly couldn't. Applying everything I did to get all, you know, I won an Emmy in my 20s. Like, I like taking skills that I had to create magic other places just wasn't working. And I ended up finding out why. I did. I found out why. And it was like, oh my gosh, of course. What is a why? I want to know because you're such a <laughs> badass woman, like conquering everything in your career. So how did you find your, what was a why? I mean, at the time, again, you know, it wasn't a concept that everyone was talking about. Now they kind of are. But I mean, I had never really wrapped my spirit around the idea of surrender. I mm. wrapped my spirit around creating, you know, moving in, getting it done, um, dreaming, painting, creating like it wasn't even aggressive like I was just like yeah what do I want to do now you know and then I would do it and what I had never learned how to do was to soften into surrender and as a result I attracted partners who were like awful reciprocals of that meaning like either loved my super badass side and we're like happy to live off of that you know what mm. I mean or I would attract somebody that was totally insensitive to my heart you know so alpha so dominating that they didn't even know how to turn it off but it was I like was attracted to those guys because they were more alpha than I was 
So it felt interesting for a little while. But then, man, if I had a hard day, they were just completely vacant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like vacant and intolerant of my softer sides. And it was because I didn't know how to surrender that I was attracting people who didn't know how to listen. Oh my gosh. I have full body chills when you said surrender. It is so hard to do when you are in a role of creating and seeing the possibilities. And it's something to make like a personal connection to what has happened in my life. And I might get a little bit tearful of this. Is like I recently just went through a miscarriage and experienced like the full thing of surrendering. And it's in a different form of love. I think there's probably some similarity ties to like this conversation, but it's just so hard, I think, for women to do, especially when you want to hustle and you want to get things done. Like, how in the world did you do it? First of all, I had five miscarriages, so I really want to send you my love right now. That is one of the hardest things to go through. Um, And I got pregnant on accident at 47 to a perfect baby with a perfect pregnancy. So maintain hope. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, because, you're a little rainbow baby. Yeah, I really and um I couldn't believe it, you know? I couldn't believe that it could work for me. So I just want to send you some love because women don't talk about that enough and it's it's pervasive. I'm so happy and I feel very honored that you felt comfortable sharing that information um with me too. And my heart goes out to you and I'm so happy to hear that you got your beautiful baby. As, at the result of that. You know, it was interesting because you were saying, how do you surrender? When you get quiet and you really listen deep, what you find out is that you've lost trust. You've lost trust in your partner. You've lost trust in life. You've lost trust in yourself. To really surrender, you need to trust, right? There's got to be something that you trust. And it was interesting because one of the darkest times of my life was after that last miscarriage. Actually, the second to last one. Um, Because it, uh, my milk came in. It was awful. And I lost my trust in the goodness of life. Like everything I had been using to manifest was like, it was me and my guides. You know, it was me Mm -hmm. and my intuition. It was me and like the vision and the magical molecules that like organize around the dream, right? And then when I had that really unexpected crushing two by four soul learning, right? There was a part of me that really lost trust in the goodness of existence. If you don't trust, you will not surrender. It doesn't even make sense to surrender if you don't trust. But what we start to learn is that when we trust, we bloom. When Omega, like the divine feminine in us, trusts, she just blooms. It's kind of like when the sun shines and the flower feels it, she just worships the sun with her beauty, right? That's how we're all wired. And I ended up really doing dedicated practice to have a um, hard conversation with my creator and to really express my loss of trust. I mean, it was like, I got, I went to the 99 cent store and I bought like 12 cheap plates and then I got a big cardboard box and I went in my alley behind my place 
And I just took those plates and I just went, no, smash. Why smash? What are you, what's the freaking deal? Smash. Why would you, you know? And it was, it was a nasty affair between me and my creator and getting all of those feelings out and sharing all of that darkness really moved the energy. And I came back into genuine trust, not like icing on a crap pie trust, but like genuine trust. And then you know what? I let the whole thing go. And I got pregnant again, lost that one. But I was in such a place of like trust. And then you know what I did? I said to my creator, I said, all right, I'm not going to be a victim around this. I said, what would make being like a non-mom, like being single, what would make, or I was with, I was with my partner, but like not having a kid, what would make that so worth it? Like having all that time on my hands. Cause you know, everybody knows like, as soon as you're a mom, you have zero yeah. free time. Right. So I was like, okay, what's the upside free time. And like, you know, I don't even need to make money. Like I got nobody to send to college. I can eat ramen. I don't care. My life is so kick-ass. I don't care how much money I make. And I was like writing a book. And do you know what that book was? The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Right Happiness. here. Right here. And then do you know that the day I turned in, we spent, my, my, my guy and I spent one whole year making that. And like we, we just like merged minds and we would like put the book up on our big screen TV with each of our laptops and we would read every chapter and if we tripped we would look at that sentence i mean we like we gave birth to this book and on the day we turned it in i found out i was pregnant and that was my daughter ava can oh you believe God. that Holy and shit. you know what you know what that's from surrender because my because all that time i had been manifesting i was creating the plan but when i learned surrender i was able to like go what am i being shown here and like, what, what do you want me to do right now? Like, I don't need to know it all. Like, just show me, show me where the magic is now. And it became, it became like this reciprocal relationship where it was like, rather than being the riverbanks that structure the river, I was the river. But here's the great part about being involved in sexual yoga. It's all about polarity. So the thing is, I didn't have to lose the manifesting side of myself, right? I'm the riverbank sometimes and other times I'm the river and I'm always rocking in between because that's deep fuck with yourself. Oh my God. Is that the best? Is that just it like is, the best? That is amazing. It's like, the best life. And you know what? Wow. You know how you asked me, one of your great questions was like, how do we rock it in our relationships? How yeah. do we rock it with a partner? Well, when you're in deep fuck with yourself, just so full of that like electric sexual charge that is riverbanks meets river and like everything's cooking so yummy. Like you can just feel that central channel, that middle part of your body just surging in liquid love. When that's your reality, you naturally breathe like beauty into your intimate life, meaning like you're coming from such a great place and then you have so much facility over when are you in alpha, the riverbanks, and when are you in omega, the river, 
that when you want to give your partner the role of alpha and be ravished, you, you just very easily rest into your river exclusively. And when your partner, you know, goes off to do their mission and instead of sitting there and eating a bag of Oreos because you're so sad that, you know, like the band-aid got ripped off, you boot back into your riverbanks. It's so oh wonderful. God. And then you just have such a better flow in love. There's so much less like hostility and like, you know, neediness. It's very empowering. And when you say alpha versus omega, can you just define those terms again for our listeners? Sure. So alpha is the energy that structures things. You know, in the sacred teachings of sexual yoga, they would call it formlessness meets form. How beautiful is that? Oh, that's We all know formlessness, like consciousness. When you meditate and you go into like that, like no mind, I don't, you know, there's no Mm -hmm. self. You're like merged with everything. So if you think of like somebody sitting in stillness, like reaching no mind or somebody structuring like eagle looking down at the forest, structuring the day. That's all very alpha um, in in less like gender fluid models. It would be called like divine masculine. We don't use those terms because, you know, what is a woman less conscious? You know what I mean, like doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then Omega, like if the if Alpha is the eagle looking down at the forest, like, OK, there's the campground, there's the car, there's the water source, there's the bathroom, like got the whole plan then omega is the one standing at a single tree with her nose in the bark her feet in the moss she can feel the mycelium network below and she's just like surging in ecstasy but she has no idea like what's at the next tree you know but think about what does that take surrender if you need to know where every tree is, you wouldn't be able to feel the ecstasy of standing at one tree. And that's why when you learn surrender, you unlock the mystery school of Omega. You unlock the sensory you, the one that's kind of like in the unknown and okay with it. And so linking it back to my miscarriage is like, the surrender helped me go, what is this plan that I would like have all of this loss what is this plan that I don't even know what's coming? And and the surrender was just be in the unknown and trust what's ahead. And then I was like, okay, well, then what would make this moment fun? Writing a book. Okay, I'll do it. Right? Then I get the positive pregnancy test and I'm like, what if I lose this one? Just be in the unknown. What would make this moment feel like standing at the tree, nose in the bark, feet in the moss, having an orgasm? And I just did day by day of that pregnancy, just day by day, full surrender into the unknown. But what's so beautiful about surrender is it allows you to enjoy the unknown. So how does the omega, the alpha, and the art of surrendering all play a role into sexual yoga and how you kind of portray that in your book? Based on what most women are come to me asking, you know, is like, I want that deep connection. I want to be cherished and I want to be ravished and I want to be like, I want my mind blown by my intimate life, you know, (laughs) by this like 
rocking thing I have going on. I want it to feel good and I want it to like awaken me and I want it, I want it to knock my panties off, right? What sucks in intimacy is that most of us feel the, the repel. Most of us feel like we're pushing him away or he's not like, you know, he runs out of desire so quick or he's swiping in the wrong direction or this, that, and the other. And in sexual yoga, you find out why, which is when two people are kind of like same, same, they're occupying the same sexual pole. Maybe both of you are in alpha. It's just like magnets. When you put two plus magnets together, what happens? They repel. They repel. They can't, it's physics. They cannot help but repel. And they might even like repel beautifully. Like you, you could put two alphas together and be really good business partners together. You could be, you could build a house together. You could throw a party together. You could have a kid together and do life really good together. But what happens when you're going to sleep at night? You know, night, honey, night, you know, back to the iPad reading, you know, your book, right? Yes. <laughs> Everybody's like, where's yes. the, where's the yum? And then in the worst case scenario, it's that alpha alpha is like butting heads. Like even when you try and go on date night, you're arguing over which way to get to the restaurant, you know, like honey, you should really take 11th because you know Lincoln's going to be packed, you know, like whatever it is, right? So couples fall into same-same very easily and, and they fall into same-same the longer they're together because they start speaking in wheeze and they start getting busy doing stuff or they swing over there and they're omega, omega. Be attached in that really like watery way, like... Let's order takeout and binge on a Netflix series. You know, let's get high together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's um, share feelings and talk about our processes together. You know, like I feel really sad from my childhood because of this. And well, I feel really disempowered from mine because of that. Well, tell me more about you. Will you tell me more about you? And there's like that best friend, you know, really safe thing that's so yummy. But then at one point, every, it's kind of like a vacation when you've had one too many meals. At one point, everybody kind of goes like, this doesn't even feel good anymore. You know, like, where's the fuck? There's yeah. just, it's not there. You know, it's just constant snuggling, but no one ever wants to like bump up against each other anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have alpha, alpha everywhere and you have omega, omega everywhere and you have the same couple doing alpha alpha during the day and omega omega at night. Any new parent is doing alpha alpha together all day. And then as soon as that kid goes to sleep, they're like rubbing each other's feet on the couch, just freaking wiped out, right? Yeah. So it's just epidemic in our culture. And a lot of, a lot of people who wish they were the omega playing partner, what have they done? They've lost trust in someone else leading them. And they do not want to give over the lead. So they stay in alpha, right? What also has happened, there's a lot of alpha natured beings these days who are afraid to penetrate, right? They don't want to misstep. They don't want to offend somebody. They don't want to get canceled. They don't want 
to like go anywhere near that very dangerous proposition of being like a forthright advance. And so you have a lot of other partners playing Omega who would naturally be more alpha. And instead of like listening to your body and like listening to your heart and paying attention to your subtle cues, they just don't even seduce you at all anymore. There's a lot of surrender that's needed for you to have a super hot intimacy. He needs to surrender his fear of making a mistake. She needs to surrender her fear of being led poorly. Or she needs to surrender her idea that, you know, she wants to be ravished and maybe she ravishes him. Like, if if everybody just was willing to surrender whatever their mind is telling them, whatever control they're exerting over their dating life, and they just rested in listening to their heart and their genitals, everything would correct in like five seconds. You would naturally just behave in a way that naturally attracts someone who's perfectly opposite of you. You guys would fit together like magnets and it would be hot for the rest of your life because opposites attract. We already know that. We just forget to do it. (laughs) So what are your steps to like your easy steps to surrendering for someone where this is, you know, something they've never done before? What are some easy steps or tips for surrendering? You know, I teach something called the yoga of intimacy, right? And we call it a yoga because it's what you do with your body that matters in love, in like in love and fuck. Like the mind tends to be the like water on the fire. The mind like ruins the fun. The body, like where do we really make love when it's like really good in the body? You know, like two bodies hot for each other, dripping for each other, like vibrating to come together, right? It's all in the body. So if you want to be better at love and fuck, you need to get into the body. That's the first thing. And the thing that's so great about the body being king is that your mind can be crazy. You know, you can have the ultimate monkey mind. You can be the most neurotic person on the planet. You know, my man is 14 years younger than me. I'm 52 and he's like in his 30s. And like, I got wrinkles. I just had a baby at 48. You know, like I got all sorts of stuff going on. You're freaking my amazing. Mind, my mind could be like on a freaking field trip of like doomer thoughts. But if I soften my body, guess what? I'm in surrender. My mind can just keep on doing all that theatrics. But Justin, my man, feels my invitation for him to connect. Because all I did was soften the front surface of my body. And again, my mind's going, oh my God, you know, today's the day's gonna leave. You know? <laughs> but if I soften my body and I take a big breath and I let my belly get really yummy, he just looks over it like I'm the hottest chick on the planet. So here's my tips for women. On your next date, soften your tongue and your jaw. Men know if your tongue and jaw are all tight and wound up, there's no room for them. They don't feel you as like actually available. 
But if you soften your tongue, you make it nice and fat, no tension in your tongue at all, all the way down to the root, you'll feel like, where's the root of my tongue? Well, that inquiry alone is great. So you soften your tongue, then you take a breath and you exhale and soften the whole front surface of your body. Now your heart becomes available. Now you make him want to listen to you. He doesn't want to hurt a heart he can see, right? Remember I talked about I was attracting guys that just weren't listening? Well, you make them want to listen to you when you show them your heart. How do you show them your heart? You take the armor off <laughs> the front and then you breathe all the way into your belly because that's where your sacred sexual center is. And it's like a sponge. If you're not breathing into your deep belly, your sponge looks like something that is underneath your sink that's about three months old. Maybe it was blue when you bought it and now it's like gray. You know what I mean? It hasn't had anything touch it for a really long time. Well, there's a lot of us that that's what our sponge It is so true. That was an image when you first said sponge. I was like, you mean the one that's like in the back corner of my sink? <laughs> Oh, that is so good. If we're not breathing into our deep belly, guess what our sacred sexual center looks like? I'm not kidding. The sponge, right? And partners will feel that. They'll be like, they're just not that available for this. Whereas when you take that soft tongue, that soft front surface of the body, and you breathe deep into your belly, you're going to be, you're going to need to walk around with a stick and like literally fend the partners off of you, you know, men, women, everyone's going to just be like, what? But this is why then the next step is to have good boundaries. I call it like, I have a course on attracting your beloved. And in the course, we talk about all of those things. Like you become so magnetic, people go crazy for you, but then you have a nice little fence. So rather than saying no with your body and just going dead so that you don't get the wrong attention, you have a little fence and it's like you you grew this like beautiful rose garden and you don't want someone to trample the flowers. So you just put up a little fence and only certain people can come into the garden, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the next thing I teach women, so the first thing we do is the yoga, which is just soften the tongue, soften the body, breathe into the belly, get the sponge juicy again. Then the next thing we do is find a way for you to say no with an open heart so that you're speaking your no rather than embodying it, right? If we don't have a strong no, we will, we'll just put up all of the bricks so that we don't have to say no. But then we look around and we're like, how come it's such a wasteland, right? <laughs> and this is even if we're married because we can lose trust from our partner just little by little by little by little and then suddenly it's just no 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 and then one day you guys are just surfing the digital device going like what happened to the juice that used to be there so that's the second thing step number two is have a good no know how to say no like one of the best gifts i give my man is that i can say no and your no gives you your yes. And because I can say no so freely, I can say yes. Like real, real full body yes. And so that's step number two. Is like stop saying no with your body. Start saying no beautifully with your heart. You know? Oh, honey, I think I'm losing trust. That didn't feel good, babe. 
And then he goes, oh my gosh, right? He's listening. Mm-hmm. What's said from the heart is heard from the heart. He's listening and he's like, oh honey, I'm sorry. What did I just do? You know, these are little things that you can do that will revolutionize your relationship. One of the things I realize um, when I chat with my girlfriends, every time I hear it's like, Samuel, I don't have time for sex. Like I'm, I'm a mother. I'm tired. Going back to like, you know, your alpha alpha in the day and your omega omega at night. It's like, all I want to do is go to sleep. So what can I do to kind of like jazz up my sex life, you know, get back that fire? What is your advice for these women that are tired? They don't know what to do. They have kids to care for. Either they're pregnant. What's your advice for them? No woman needs another to do on her list, right? I don't necessarily have advice. I more have an inquiry that I think is a way more powerful thing for them to embrace. Because like, you know, when you, when your husband becomes part of your to-do list, right? That's a pretty crappy reality, right? Yes. I would rather, if, if a woman's feeling that, I would rather have her ask herself, has, is sex performance of any kind? Do I have to like psych myself into sex? And do I have to perform sex in some way? Meaning like when we're all single and we have tons of free time and we just are dying to be seen by like that special person, like we don't mind performing, you know what I mean? Because we're like, we're like the sun's there. We're the flower that's like, look at me and I can do this with this petal and that with that petal. But once you're in that, you know, I've been with my man for more than a decade and I've got a four and a half year old now and blah, blah, blah. Like once you're in that stage of life, there's just not, you just don't have the motivation to perform like you did before when you were hungry for love. And a lot of women that I work with come to me because they've completely lost interest in sex. I mean, like it's gone for them, just lost interest. And then they're going, I don't know where it went. You know, I used to be so sexual. Now I could care less. My husband's like, where are you? And what I say to them is sex needs to become more interesting to the new you. When sex becomes interesting again, you're going to want it all the time. And what sex evolves into is a chance to be present with each other, a chance to feel deep energetic alchemy. When you learn a little bit of sexual yoga, you learn how to create that microcosmic orbit where the energy is coursing between the two bodies. And by the end of 15 minutes of super present, super meditative lovemaking, you guys feel better than you would have from a five hour nap. Both of you. When both of you have that relationship to sex where it puts you back on the same team, it makes time disappear, right? It bends time. 15 minutes feels like five hours, kind of like that first mesmerizing date you had together where the whole restaurant disappeared. When your sex feels like that, even though you've been together for 15 years with a kid and when it gives you energy rather than requires your energy, suddenly you're going to have time for sex again, right? Because sex is going to meet your needs as opposed to being another thing on your to-do list. So London, my... Obvious next question is, how the hell can 
all women do this? How can you achieve this? What are the steps? I know you have an amazing book out there, Playing With Fire, that addresses the steps to this. And we're probably going to have to have another full episode about this, but kind of give us some teasers on some steps that women can take. One of the biggest things you start with is unbroken eye contact, because what happens in couples is they stop seeing each other. They've looked at each other a million times. Like I always say, like you don't want to rip someone's clothes off if you watch them put them on in the first place. Couples become blind and it's like they stop seeing each other. And even when they're making love, you know, they don't really look at each other. Or if they are looking at each other, it's very habitual. But when you get the ability to truly see each other again, like you are looking at each other for the first time, you have that first date experience again. You get someone who's actually taking you in and not the you they knew yesterday, but the you that's here right now, the heart that's here from whatever happened, you know, 10 minutes ago, right? There's true healing, true connection, true presence, because you're willing to see newly again and again and again and that's erotic that's interesting can you get where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. it's like when you learn these seven things you're suddenly like sex is the best part of my day you don't have to psych yourself into it and the thing that's so beautiful about this model is that the end game isn't even sex the end game is like deep 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 connection And it's so like, it's so erotic that Justin and I will have this connection going and we don't even have to touch each other to go into a full body orgasm. That is mind blowing. (laughs) And it was so great for the first six months after I had that baby and I was like, not ready to be penetrated. We could have this kind of sex where there was like nothing missing, but we, we both, we didn't have actual penetrative, penetrative sex for six months because I had a lot of tearing and I had a lot of, I was nursing her every two hours, but there was so much erotic, intimate seduction and romance happening between us because we could make love beyond the physical. And, you know, it's like when you're freaking tired or when you're both sick, I mean, the thing is so annoying about our times today. It's like everybody's sick every couple of months, you know? Yeah. When you can make, right? It's like, Sex just keeps getting farther away for like everyone I know. But when you have like romance and seduction and subtle body, you know, it's called subtle body. Making love like that is in the subtle body rather than the dense physical body. When you learn to be a master of your subtle body energy, and I'll just give you another example in case you've never heard this term. If you could just feel right now like one inch above your skin, And don't feel with your hand, like just feel with your awareness, like one inch below your skin. Can you feel how it's kind of diffuse and fuzzy? Yeah. And tingly. You can become a master of that part of your body. And then you can make love with your partner from that part of your body. It's, that's how you can have like two full body orgasms and not even touch. And sexual yoga teaches you how. And then the other thing that's beautiful about that is age is irrelevant. Like I'm sliding headfirst into menopause right now, but it makes no difference for my sex life. Like where my hormone level is on any given day is totally irrelevant. 
to my sex drive. And I feel so bad for women who don't have this, these teachings of sexual yoga, because it's like, you know, they, they're like, oh my God, like I'm drying up. Like, you know, I like, I don't know what to do. I'm sliding out of like my juicy self, Mm -hmm. but that's not my reality at all because I'm connected to energetics that are completely irrelevant to age. And again, the book teaches you all seven points and all seven points give you this life. Oh my gosh. So all the listeners have to grab the copy <laughs> of this book, which I'm going to link in the description. <laughs> and we did the audio book. So if you can't, if your brains are mashed potatoes, you can't read anymore like everyone else, oh you can gosh. listen to the audio book. I cannot wait to dive into this. And then we're going to have to come back and have you back on the show so we can like dive deeper into that one because I was like obsessed with this book to begin with. Um, And when I say this book for the listeners, it's The Awakened Woman's Guide to Everlasting Love. Um, So London, to kind of close everything out, what would you say to your past self? And it could be anything in life, but what would you say to your past self? Well, you know, I grew up in a very strict uh, religious home and I was really, my parents are both really good people, but, you know, bless them that the best that they could do was like totally shame my sexuality, you know, like they were trying to do me a favor, but it was like a total curse, right? And um, I was a really, really sexually interested person. So then I just had to turn it all to food. You know, I just had to take that voracious appetite and like turn it to sweet treats, just suffering like with body image and suffering, suffering, poor self. And then the way I dealt with all that was to become a badass manifester because I felt so out of control in my very personhood that I just became wildly controlling in my life you know like I created the dream life that I couldn't create the dream self I was always so lost even when I was in my peak accomplishments I was I just felt I just felt so sadly disconnected from myself and if I could say one thing to that sweet 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 girl standing on that podium winning that Emmy and just feeling like she wanted to kill herself you know I would just say, don't worry, it's coming. Don't worry, it's coming. You just needed to get some info. And when you get the info, the whole thing lines up. The whole thing lines up. So you just hang in there because it's coming. Those words are so touching. And I know that this will resonate with a lot of different women. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Where can the Truly Squad find you? All of our badass babes would love to know your resources and connect with you. Where can they get in touch? My Instagram is at London A Winters and it's L-O-N-D-I-N. Then I also do a monthly laser coaching session for open Q&A and laser coaching on Patreon. And it's only $30 to join. And um, it's a great group of women. I take you into like sexual yoga practices and then I open the floor and whoever has a question about how to live this life, I answer it. And that is patreon.com backslash yoga of intimacy, which you'll probably put a link. Those are the two best places. And then of course, Amazon 
I really recommend you get Playing With Fire, The Spiritual Path of Intimate Relationship. It's our newest book. We just released it uh, like four months ago or something. We spent three years writing it. It is literally a owner's manual for men and women and couples on how to get these seven points and start living this now. It's the best work we've got. And we just did, we just released it on Audible and it's number one in sacred texts. Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. Congratulations. Cool? And, it's, and so it's sex cool. instruction. So this, this little girl that was suffering in her bedroom, shamed over sex, now has a number one book in sex instruction. Fuck yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. How funny is that? Just oh goes to show God. you can change anything if you get the right info. Absolutely. And I 100% would love for you to come back on again so we can talk about those seven points in detail. Like 30 minutes Let's will do not do, do it justice. We'll need all the juicy details. Let's but do it. Thank you so much, London, for joining me and sharing your heart and your soul and your personal stories. And I think that a lot of women are really going to benefit from what you've said here today. So thank you so much for your time. Well, and you know, I just really appreciate. I, I've been on. I've been on numerous podcasts, right? Like, like many, 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 many. I get interviewed all the time, and I can honestly say. This was like the way that you lead with your heart is so priceless. And I just felt it the whole time. And I just felt so loved up by you. And so I want to thank you. Thank you so much. And actually one of one of my dear friends, Phoebe, is the one that linked us up. And she's also a person that I just so. Phoebe is amazing. And I'm Phoebe's so happy amazing. that she she connected us. It's um. I think this is divine timing that we chatted and we talked about this. It really is. All right, Truly Squad, there you have it. The secrets to surrendering and really utilizing vulnerability for that fuel that takes us to that place where we real magic can happen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please follow us on Apple and Spotify. And don't forget to hit that little bell icon on Spotify. And please share the love by giving us a rating on both platforms. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Samantha and this is yours truly.